in the suburbs of Gotham City is the home of Bruce Wayne. Only the faithful Alfred knows what lies beneath the house. Those relentless crusaders for law and order, Batman and Robin. Welcome to the latest installment of the Dork Knights, the podcast that the internet deserves, but not the one it needs. As usual, I'm your host, MB, and joining me is my brother from another mother, my soul sister, the bogus Birdman. How dare you insult me? How was that? that we're semi-related. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I, I mean, I have to go down with someone. <laughs> I would rather die than share your gene pool. <laughs> well, I mean, you're from the South, so you share, like, the gene pool of everyone. That's true. You know, I am my own grandfather, so... Yeah. Yeah, your first cousin twice removed. Down, 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 down. But yeah, we were talking, um, actually, before this recording, which is rare, because usually we just we just come on and just do this, but... We're, we're always on. I mean, seriously, we're always zinging left and right. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of sad actually how much time we devote to to each other. Yeah, it's like obsession. Yeah, it is an obsession. And not and not the cool smelling Calvin Klein fragrance. I mean, <laughs> stalking. Yeah, there's no male model or anything. Obsession, my man. Yeah, the only thing we whisper is uh, declarations of hate at each other. <laughs> declarations of hate and weird, weird like gay innuendo. <laughs> That's how we do. But we were talking before this, and um, it occurred to us that really, this podcast, you know, it's called The Dork Knights. We don't really talk that much about Batman or comic books or anything. We we fit it in here and there, but we're mostly like a general topic podcast. Yeah, whatever tickles our fancy, we talk about. Yeah, yeah, including including gay innuendo. Well, we, we, as, we, as we said earlier, you know, that's sort of the foundation of this. Yeah, yeah, it is, which is really telling about us. Like, like that's kind of, it's kind of a red flag, don't you think? I don't know. I mean, I think if you're comf- uh, confident in your sexuality, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, well, I am not. I'll just say Yeah, that. I know you're insecure. Yeah. I am forever insecure. Um, but You know me, I'll yeah. try anything once. <laughs> Sometimes multiple times. Yeah, just to see if it's I like, still like it. It's like you're you're getting railed in an orgy by two guys, and it's like this is an experiment. Yes, this was interesting. I must try this again. Yeah, I need to write down notes. But um, yeah, we were talking about superheroes and about comic book movies and mm-hmm. a bunch of different just comic book related stuff. And the thing that occurred to us is that we we have a top five favorite characters, but varies like mm-hmm. on day to day like for me it my top three are the always the same but like the next two are always just kind of it depends on the week or it depends on the day even wow you're very fickle like how does that work you wake up you know in the morning like man i love daredevil the next morning f daredevil <laughs> i love moon knight um <laughs> no i it, it doesn't work quite like that, but um, it's just, I guess, something... Like, I love all sorts of superheroes. Um, I can't really think of any off the top of my head that I can't stand. Mm-hmm. Like, like I know with <laughs> you and uh, Cable, there's a 
Yeah, I don't. I don't. A cable, cable gamble, gambit. gambit. Um, I, I Deadpool in some cases. I, it depends on like who's writing him and how he's portrayed. Like, I can I can enjoy Deadpool and I can also hate him. Yeah, you you have a bipolar relationship with Deadpool. Yeah. Um. But for for me, it's like it's it's a top three, like a permanent top three that is just like. Like, some days I can be more into one of them than the other, mm-hmm. but it, it never changes as far as my life. Like, at the end of the day, I'm always going to like Batman. You're always going to come home to the uh, Cape Crusader. Yeah, yeah. And there, you may, you I'm may always, spend I'm always going to slide down the bat ball. Exactly. Uh, what about you, though? I'm, I would, that's something, you know, I can't think of, like, you know, I've thought thought about this before. We talked about this, like, Earlier last week, but um, I would probably say definitely Batman is somewhere in my top three, if not number one. So you don't even have like a definitive number one. Well, I'd probably say Batman just by default because I think you and I both share this, but Batman is really the reason we both got into like comic books and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Burton's Batman was my first introduction to the medium. Shortly after that. I was introduced to Superman by seeing Christopher Reeve on TV. Then I saw the animated Spider-Man series, and it's like it just kept going on and on like that. Until eventually I had... Well, I ended up here, so they ruined me. We were both ruined by the time that we saw Batman. So damn you, Tim Burton. That's two (laughs) more lives you've ruined. It's the two of us and Helen Bonham McCartney. Helen Bonham McCartney. I can't ever say her name right. (laughs) The lady from... All his movies. Yeah, yeah, the uh, chick from Fight Club. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, everyone who saw the Alice in Wonderland remake. All six billion of them. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I- I've heard things about that movie. I I really don't want to see it. <laughs> um, really? I've, I just heard, like, one of the complaints I've seen was that it wasn't really so much an Alice in Wonderland movie. It was the awesome Mad Hatter with his sidekick, Alice. <laughs> I heard that at one point, like, the Mad Hatter starts dancing, like, rap, like, freestyle dancing. We must see this movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more that, that actually sounds pretty awesome. So you two but, we go after the show. Yeah, indeed. Um, but, I don't know, like, like, when it comes to my favorite characters, I don't really dwell on it, but there are some times when I stop to myself and think, like, okay, well... Why am I more into this character right now when I I know I like this character more? Like, mm-hmm. what's what keeps like uh, differentiating my interest? I guess I would say. Yeah. Like it, it's it's a weird weird mindset that I have. Well, no more weirder than usual. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm, you've done some weird things. I'm just, I'm just saying in general. Like like it's not really weird for me because I'm well, I do the show. So everyone knows how weird I am. Yeah, you agreed to do this show with me, so that should pretty much say I, all that needs to be said. I was the first one that suggested we do a show, so that that almost makes me more insane than you. Sure. Yeah, and, who's and, the fool? The fool or the fool who follows him? Obi Wan Kenobi. Hmm. That's true. So you could be more of a fool than me. Yes. And that also makes me Harrison Ford, so I will take that. <laughs> It's it's true. 
I'm not in this podcast for your revolution, princess. I'm like your Chewy. Yeah, well, and also you love to gargle, so. Yeah. You got hair all over your face. Like your cheeks and your nose. Yeah. You got like a birth defect. Yeah, yeah, I never, I really need to get that fixed. But um, your scalp grows on your face. <laughs> but yeah, so first, like we're gonna do our top five characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go in depth about them. Say what we like about them. What don't we don't we like. Should... If there are any things we maybe we don't like. Yeah. Is there really? Do you think there'd be like much of that? Well, I think with like Batman, there's a few things, a few elements about the character that, like, over the years, I'm not really too fond of. Oh, okay. Well, this will yeah, this will be interesting. Yeah. Okay, so our number one is mutual. Yes, Batman. we both agree on Batman. Yes. Okay. Um, should we just say the rest of our top five now and then just revisit? No, nah, we'll just let's go down like one by one. I could do that. Okay. Well, Batman. Of course, the main thing that you have to sort of ask when you're doing like a uh, discussion like this is what really makes you like Batman? And yeah. I'll start with you. Well, and I think you're probably going to agree with me with, we agree with me on this is that it's the attraction that he's just a regular man. And that's something I think a lot of people resonate with. That's why he's one of the most popular characters out there. I mean, yeah, sure he's got the the money and he's had years of training but at the heart of it, you know, he's just a regular guy. I mean, he's bounded by regular limitations like we all are. Yep. yep. And in spite of those limitations and um, adversities, he always overcomes it. He always saves the day. And, you know, there's something about that. I think, you know, deep down all of us kind of want to, you know, be able to do that. Mm-hmm. To always overcome whatever it is that we're, you know, faced with. To like summon the willpower because yeah. that's that's his that's been said many times to be his superpower is just to be able to like just be able to stand whatever limitations he has and push forward. So, and also his intellect as well. Yeah. I would say like he's not as on par with like someone like Tony Stark or uh, Reed Richards who are more technical geniuses, but from a tactical standpoint. Yeah, from a tactical standpoint. Um, I don't know, like, like when I'm I'm trying to think about like what he's most adept at, like when it comes to the criminal psychology, yeah, and um, intimidation stuff like that. That's yeah. all part of psychology. Yeah, and he's also a pretty good detective. Yeah, uh, the world's greatest detective. I've always, you know, like I've always appreciated like seeing a good Batman story that focuses on him being a detective because that's something like in the movies. I can kind of understand in the movies, you know, they don't have a whole lot of time to work with, so they can't really get into some of that. Yeah, but, well, they did They did some of that in, like, uh, Dark Knight. Yeah, there was some of that. I was kind of laughing at some of the implausibility of it, but, you know, how he could get a fingerprint, you know, off a holographic projection. Realism. Brought to you that's by like some of, That's some of the CSI stuff, you know. Enhance that shot. Enhance. <laughs> Look at that, we found a screwdriver. We can track the screwdriver down to the hardware store they went to. <laughs> and then Batman puts on his sunglasses. Yeah! See us, I got them. I, I could see it. But I'm, I mean, I mostly agree with what you say. I'm, though I don't think that's my main reason that I like Batman, interestingly enough. Like, 
I think there's something about the mood or the tone of Gotham City that attracts me. Like, it's fascinating to see, like, all these rich, dark colors. Um, to see, like, gargoyles spinning out of every corner of Gotham, and then he, like, blends into the shadows with his cape and his cowl, and he's always draped in shadow. Like, there's something about the feel, just just from a visual standpoint, that I really have always enjoyed. Um, I don't think that's the main reason either, but it's just, it's like, I think the reason I like Batman is a cavalcade of reasons. Like yeah, like, many reasons. It's, it's like a, it's a whole sum of reasons. Like, you know, not one reason is greater than the other, but the sum of their parts equals, like, you know, it's the also, whole reason. Yeah, it's also interesting to, to debate the idea that, you know, Batman has a very specific characterization. He has a way that he deals with people. He's very antisocial, very driven, very grim, um, very, you know, stick to the facts, no, you know, no bullcrap, none of that. Um, he doesn't really make quips, as, you know, we talked about earlier. Yes. Um, yes. I was reminded of that forcefully. Batman does not joke around. What do you, what do you mean forcefully? You asked me. It's... Batman is serious business. You, 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 you do not me. play around with Batman. <laughs> I know I asked your opinion, but I should have thought better. Yeah, you should have. It's your fault. I forgot who I was asking. Yeah. It's your fault. Captain Batman over here. It's your fault. But, your uh, fault. but what I was going to say was uh, you mentioned Gotham City, and uh, I kind of like agree with what you were saying because like. Especially like like writers, they seem like Scott Snyder's kind of done this recently, and uh, but yeah, like you know, you were talking about Gotham City, and yeah, it's just you, you mentioned how Gotham is like a character of itself, yeah. and sort of that's what I kind of like, you know, because that's just something like you know, you always see people, oh man, it's so be it'd be awesome like to live in DC universe. No, it wouldn't. No, not in Gotham no. City. Uh-uh. It'd not... be cool if you were a superhero. Well, the thing is, is that even in like, even in Metropolis, like even in Coast City or any of the other DC locales, it's like some like an alien invasion could happen at any minute. Like, yeah. like things could just start exploding out of nowhere. Like, well, like in like in Gotham, like you know, you go to drink some water. Like, nope, don't drink the water. Joker poisoned the reservoir again. Oh. <laughs> That'd be kind of an interesting comic, actually, just going, like, the day-to-day uh, struggles that Gotham City has to face. I kind of, I had an idea for that, like, a character, you know, the bystander, and, like, you know, he's, like, driving his car down the freeway, and then also nowhere, like, the Hulk just lands on his car, <laughs> jumps away, you know, but it's all right because he has Hulk insurance, because, you know, in a world like this, they have insurance for stuff like that, and, of course, like, he's watching the news about how, like, the Red Skull and Baron Zemo, they, they hijacked nuclear missiles like 16 times a day, and all times they were stopped by Captain you know, America Captain America, and all the other Avengers. <laughs> I, I, could, I would actually like to read a comic book like that. It sounds charming. But, um, yeah, going back to uh, Gotham City and Batman, like, I don't know, like, within the characterization of the guy, like, you could almost make... You almost like have to ask the question of would he be as good of a character if you just take the core concept, but take but change his character? Like I wonder if it's like a combination of the concept and character, or if it's just 
uh, it's like could one work on like someone else? Well, you know, you mentioned that, and like there are a lot of like Batman similar characters like Batman. Yeah, like, like you said, the core concept sort of like. I feel like there's some Marvel guys like Daredevil and Moon Knight. They're both sort of almost like different versions of Batman. Punisher. Yeah, yeah Punisher. Like, like if, the three of those um, sort of like like Moon Knight is sort of like Batman if you take like the the you know the, sort of the outfit and the fortune. Grim. Yeah, the grim, dark, broody yeah. part of it. But he's he's got like multiple personalities and, then, and stuff. Like Daredevil has the back similar backstory. And the you know the need for justice and stuff, and Punisher does too, and but you know, of course Punisher kills, whereas Batman really doesn't. Yeah, he he upholds like a higher moral code, which I but, think I think is also another good reason why yeah. I like Batman, just because he proves that you can do good without having to annihilate your enemies. And do you think that necessarily Batman works or could work? You know, there's been a lot of talk about with no one. Is done. Do you think Batman necessarily works in a realistic setting? Um, I think if you, I think it depends on how you do the setting. Like, if you took Batman as he is, like as the same character, or do you mean like if you made Batman also realistic? Well, like, well, like like the Nolan films did. You know, even Batman, like his backstory and well, the Nolan or, films I don't consider to be realistic. I nah, think that's I think that's I more think, of a thing. Fans. They're kind of, I'd say they're lower, like in terms like like concept, like you know you got the high concept. There's more like a lower concept kind of yeah, superhero, they're, they're, but it's, it's a still low fantasy concept. I agree with you there. Yeah, but it's still based in a world that you know is still not reality and is still very fantastical and not fantastical in the terms of like yeah this is a world where you can see like uh, Gorilla Grodd yeah trying to yeah, invade yeah. Gotham. But it's still a world where you know Harvey Dent can get half his face burned off and not die of horrible, horrible infections. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like he should. And, and refuse pain medication and yeah. somehow still even be though, able to walk. And his eye never dries out, even though he can't blink it. Yeah, you could see, you know, his his skull bone, and he doesn't go into shock immediately. Or like his skull bone isn't covered in a pus. Somewhere. Yeah. He has exposed bone. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um. So, like, what is your, what is, like, the basis of your question, like, of Batman being a reality? Like, 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 like you mentioned, like, Batman doesn't kill. Yeah. But could, theoretically, if Batman in the world, like, he exists more like, someone like the Joker. Yeah. Is running around, two-faced around people, they're just slaughtering people. Would he still uphold his code? Because, you know... I agree with, you know, you've seen, like, there'll be times where someone will come in and say, Batman, hey, you need to kill the Joker. You know, he's killed thousands of people. He'll continue to kill thousands of people. Joker said this, and yet you still refuse. Does that seem almost kind of selfish in the fact that, you know, he would rather put his ideals and his code above a person's life, many people's lives? Well, here's the thing. In, in the comic books, in order to have, like, a established, like, continuing rogues gallery, Arkham Asylum has to exist in, like, sort of a revolving door manner. So, the only thing is that if Batman had to do that and Joker was still around, like, if he were just incarcerated in, like, a regular mental institution, 
it would be far less likely that he'd like escape and be able to like commit wholesale massacre again. Um, and that does remind me of something we were talking about before the podcast. We were talking about pulp heroes and how like guys like the Shadow and the uh, Phantom they never seem to have decent recurring villains, and that's kind of because they kill them. Yeah, yeah, and so well, here's the thing: in real life, you have you know you have a police officer. He cannot kill someone unless he is under direct attack, mm-hmm. or he or someone he, else is under direct attack. Like you know, yeah, yeah. If if they do on. not if they do not comply with a police officer's like uh, command, then they have the authorization to use lethal. lethal well, force. it depends. Like if they've got like a weapon or something, then they can. But like if some jerkwad isn't just won't stay down. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Him, but he won't shoot him because he yeah. won't. He yeah. won't sit down. Yeah, I, I know. That's a world that I want to live in. <laughs> Where you can just shoot on sight. That black guy was going for something, I swear. <laughs> he didn't have any weapons. And I just, I take out my gun and I put it in his dead hand. Like, yeah. He it was, was self-defense. He went for my gun. But if he's got his gun, how did you shoot him? And I pull out another gun and shoot the officer. <laughs> it's like, it was self-defense. <laughs> Anybody else got any questions? <laughs> And then I someone, take the gun. Someone sneezes and you shoot them. <laughs> and then I take the gun, steal a basketball, and do a layup. <laughs> Put ice skates on your hands. Who's going to stop me? Put ice skates on your hands. Start fighting with the ref. <laughs> We're in the middle of the street. Where did the basketball game start breaking out? <laughs> I don't know. Um. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, in order to be Batman, it would still have to like. That code would still have to be there, I think. Do you, I think I think it, I think a Batman who kills can be done. I'm not saying that it can't. Yeah, it's just because he killed when he first showed up. Yeah, yeah. Like that first year was all about him, like shooting down criminals, snapping right. guys' necks. Yeah, it was only when people introduced Robin and it had to appeal to kids that he yeah. lightened up. Um, well, the thing is that I don't know. Like it's it's tricky. I would say that to be Batman, to be like someone as noble and heroic as the current comic book Batman, then he would have to stick to that no-coal-killing code. I think it would be possible for him to do that. I just don't know how... I just don't know under what circumstances would he have to break it. Like, I I don't... I don't think he can be able to hold on to that code all the time. Yeah, and like, one thing that kind of bugged me was in um, if not infinite, uh, Final Crisis. Yeah. When they showed him to beat Darkseid, he shot him with a gun. I mean, a lot of people, you know, that made a lot of stink, and I wasn't really in favor of that myself. You know, I mean, what do you think about him using guns? Is that something um, that? Um, as far as guns go, mm-hmm. the thing is, I like. Every time that they explain why he doesn't use a gun, but I don't think the idea of him using a gun is really that. Like, I think it would be out of character. Yeah. But I think the thing is that ultimately he doesn't use guns because of the way his parents died. Like, that's ultimately the reason that's always given. And I've never agreed with that because it's like, that would mean that Batman blames... Batman blames the weapon and not the person that was holding the weapon. He doesn't. He doesn't take into realistic account like 
that a criminal was the one that killed his parents and not a gun. So I guess you could say that's one of the things I've never liked about the comics. Um, and that I believe Batman should have more of like a firm standing on why he doesn't use guns. And one of my favorite um, explanations is that guns were invented, like handguns were invented solely for the purpose of killing people. And he just doesn't use them as a moral objective. Like, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, that made me think, is there anything about like the character that you necessarily maybe don't like? Well, like something like there's been things that maybe you haven't liked. Hmm. Well, what about you, first of all? Because you, you mentioned that you don't. Um, one thing I don't like is there's kind of a trend that happened in the 90s. Grant Morrison kind of set the standard. It's something that he's kind of backed away from now. But I like Batman. You know, as we talked about before, Batman can be kind of a serious character. He's a serious character. You know, he's committed. He's fully committed. You know, he's not... Like Spider-Man out there, cracking wise, you know, yeah. whipping people. Well, he whips people, but not with his web shooters, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Vicky Vale and Vicky Vicky Vale. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, I don't like like sometimes like he's been taken to like the whole. I've seen a lot of fans they call it grim dark. Grim dark. You know, yeah, very grim, very dark Batman, almost like. A Frank Miller esque Batman of how he's done him in All Star Batman, you know. Yeah. And then Batman who's almost you know, or he is a prick. So he's yeah, I I have to agree with you there. Like he almost becomes like a parody of himself. Yeah, a character, yeah. He's like, you know, he's the one that's right, I'm Batman, I'm Batman, I'm Batman. How'd you do that? I'm Batman. And he kicks someone off a roof. Yeah. Um to me I don't like that too much because he can't. I feel like he can't be that, and with a straight face, you know, have a twelve-year-old boy in short pants by his side. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, and it's it's kind of weird because some fans actually prefer that version. Yeah, and, and think like Robin shouldn't even be like a factor and should have never existed. Even though Batman would not be nearly as popular today yeah. if he didn't have Robin. Think- Batman would be as successful. No. If you didn't have Robin. I think, like, Robin is sort of a character who's very much yeah, introduced we actually, Batman. We were actually talking about, a, like, the concept of a Mary Sue character. Mm-hmm. Robin is almost like the avatar for the yeah. reader. And that's what, you know, I mean, at the time he was created, it was a way to get young readers introduced and like a Batman because you could say, oh, man, I just wish that was me. All I need is for my parents to die horribly. <laughs> exactly. But and for um, a while, Tim Drake actually broke that mold. But even he was like, eventually, yeah, eventually it caught up to him. I wasn't real big on that, but yeah. at least you can say Damien now has two live parents for now, anyway. <laughs> Who are both crazy? Yeah, they're both crazy. One's Batman, the other's a terrorist. But you know, who's it's better? Than, yeah, it's, it's better than you know, Corny's like Dick Grayson's parents. Yeah, yeah. I- I, I guess, I guess you get a point there. Um, and I don't, there was another aspect I don't like too much. Like, all right, I like the idea that, as we said, Batman's supposed to have this brilliant tactical mind. You know, he's, see, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is he's, that, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you go ahead, you make a point. I've made a point, so I'll let you. Make well, what point. you were about to say was that the whole Bat God 
Yeah, prep thing. time stuff. It's yeah. fun to kind of you know make fun of that and like joke around, but like you know sometimes it can get out of hand. Well, the thing the thing is, is that it's not even like the jokes that bother me; it's when it's actually used in the books. Yeah, like, like Grant Morrison definitely writes this version of Batman all the time, where no matter what's happened, Bruce Wayne is infallible. He always has a plan of a plan of a plan of a plan to get himself out of any situation. Um. And, you know, even when he puts Batman in peril, like in Batman R.I.P. Like yeah, he, he had an alternate personality set up to deal with in a, in a case like this. Yeah, and also he was able to dig himself out of a uh, grave, out of a grave by literally like sort of, I guess, timing himself and like, using careful movement or whatever just to get himself out of a grief. I'll shift the dirt. I'll shift my body in such a way that the dirt falls around me. Yeah, pretty much. I slowly let the dirt dig itself or dig me out of the grave. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like, yeah, I I definitely agree. When he's portrayed as a smart guy, I like it. When he's portrayed as a brilliant guy, though, like that. Like, a guy who almost has just no... No real relatability whatsoever. Like, like when he's just almost portrayed, essentially, like he wouldn't ever be able to exist, and that's, I think that like goes against the spirit of Batman, because Batman is ultimately a character. If we trained hard enough, if we had enough money, we could be him. In some way. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what we were saying about how. Like with the Robin character, you know, in our eyes, like you know, if if just if we could do this the right way, then theoretically we could become that character. Yeah. Um, yes. So I don't like the Bat God thing. You don't like the like the Grim Dark. And yeah, I, I'm also not in favor of the Bat God thing as well. Yeah. I'm. Um, I'm I think. I, like, I, I think Grim Dark can work under certain writers, but when. Mm-hmm. It's done to such a degree that, like like Tony Daniel, he's basically just trying to be Frank Miller, and it doesn't work because he's just first of all he's not Frank Miller. <laughs> um, you know the Bat God stuff. Like some of my favorite Batman stories have been like a Batman who's like out of his comfort zone, knocked out of his game. That's one of the reasons why I've kind of like been digging what Scott Snyder's done and yeah. with the Court of Owls stuff because. It's Batman, you know, he's become complacent, he's become, you know, he's used to ruling, you know, Gotham City his way and doing stuff, you know, now, you know, he's taken out his comfort level, and so... Well, that's the best way to challenge the character. Yeah. Um, like, you put him on a team like Justice League, and he doesn't really... I like the moments where it's shown that he's really kind of out of his element, because he's going it's like, colossal, galactic threats. Yeah. And, you know... He can't necessarily go about it like Superman. Like Superman, all he has to do is fly in and start punching. Yeah, and even like stories like, uh, you know, the Long Halloween and uh, Hush, where I mean, there's not really so much of a physical harm as it's more of a mystery, but still, you know, it's throwing him for a loop, curveballs, stuff that are coming his way. It's just it goes back into how I like to see him portrayed as more of a detective. But yeah, even stories like those. Where he's not necessarily in control. Yeah, that was always, that was always good. But I think maybe we, 
I think we could talk about Batman for another two or three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think I was just that's... I was just thinking that. But yeah, we Batman is definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. He's not only my favorite comic book character; he's my char- favorite character in fiction. So hmm. I would say that's almost true for me. But there are a couple of other like fictional characters, like uh, Sherlock Holmes and uh, Dick Tracy. Guys like that. Dick Tracy more or less the same reasons for Batman. Batman because I was little when the Dick Tracy movie came out. And that sort of had an effect on me, and but I've always thoroughly enjoyed Sherlock Holmes and just about any like incarnation, whether it's Victorian Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, or even the uh, new modern day Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I'm always yeah, well, a fan. Well, as long as it's a well done rendition of the character, yeah, exactly. I can, yeah, I've recently only become a Sherlock Holmes fan, but I still like it. Um, but yeah, we should probably move on from Batman because yeah. this would take like. The Batman podcast. We are called the Dork Knights, so Yeah, I mean that would fit, but it's like we've we've got a topic to it here yeah. too, so maybe we'll talk we'll maybe we'll do an all Batman episode in July when the yeah. Dark Knight Rises is coming out. I I I'd, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Well okay, so our number two characters. Yes. What's yours? This is something that I've kinda of thought about as we were talking. Yeah. But I would probably say it kind of flip-flops for me sometimes. Like two and three. Mm-hmm. I would probably say... For this case would be The Flash. Okay. And... Now, when you say The Flash, like which version of him do you mean? I'm thinking more of like an umbrella term. Okay, like, so you I like... like you, Jay Garrick, you, I like Barry Allen, Wally West, Bart Allen... Um, I don't really, I mean, you know, the main guys who were Flash at one time, I even count Bart because Bart's one of my favorite, he's, he'd probably be in my top ten and list of favorite characters, but I kind of felt like everybody complained when Wally lost, uh, the job as Flash, but Bart got the shaft big time, son. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, that, that issue, that series was actually pretty well written. It was pretty much, like, no one told in, like... It just sucked the way it was promoted as a mini. It was it was apparently a mini series. It was only supposed to be a temporary thing, and they never promoted it as a mini series. So I mean, they were apparently they were planning from right off the bat to kill Bart. But um, I digress. Yeah. But, yeah. but the Flash is your second favorite. Yeah, just like I said, the whole concept of the Flash, and I think one of the reasons. I know there's two main reasons I like him. First off is because I feel like Flash is sort of a character. Like he sort of embodies what is so cool about like superhero comics. And the fact that there's almost no limit to the kind of stories you can tell with a character like this. Because if you look at some of the... Like, you know, I know every character had crazy Silver Age adventures. Mm-hmm. But like the Flash is sort of... like He's right there up there with him, you know, because... You know, with the Flash, it's not conceivable or inconceivable to where you can have like you can have one arc where he's investigating like a grisly murder and a murder mystery. Next arc, you know, he can run through time, do time travel adventures. Next arc, he could be stuck on a parallel dimension yep. in like some weird mirror world. And the third arc could be more conventional superhero heroics where he's fighting the rogues. Yeah, so or he's like in Gorilla City. Or he's in Gorilla City talking to a tribe. Of talking gorillas, for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, no limit to the high concept. 
low concept, any story. Yeah. I, I gotta get what you mean, as far as that goes. Like, The Flash, he embodies what was good about the Silver Age and mm-hmm. kept it going through the ages, yeah. I think. And... Um, and even, like, in some cases, even Superman kind of works that way. But Yeah, Flash, I was thinking like, that as, as I was talking about you. Like, there's just certain things, like, you know, Superman doesn't really seem like a type of character. Like, you know, I mean, it's cool to see him, like, stop a mugger and yeah. stuff. But, like, Superman is not really, you know, kind of, I mean, he he does that. But you don't really want to see him do it because it's kind of boring to see him fight some average guy. Yeah, yeah, you know what, that that is true. I, I'll give you that. Like, it's, it's better to see him do high-concept stuff. Like, yeah. his villains usually have to be, like, mutated monsters and stuff. Space invaders. And yeah, we're just, like, it's, it's fun to see, like, the Flash take on a, like, an ordinary guy because, all you know, you just see, like, a streak of light and, like, the gun is suddenly gone. And, like, or, like, I've seen, like, some writers, they'll have, like, the guy will get ready to fire and then all of a sudden, like, the gun will just fall apart in his hands because... He had taken it apart like at super speeds. Exactly, and he's and, still standing in the same place. Yeah. And another cool thing too is like with his powers, you know, there's like a good variety of all the stuff he can do just based off his super speed. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've seen it for like you know he can vibrate his entire body to go through a wall, and he can move create, his hands yeah. so fast he can create whirlwinds. Yeah, he can uh, generate Sit- electricity. And set stuff on fire by like rubbing his hands together real fast and creating friction. Yeah, he can, run, he can run across like open sea. Yeah, and you know, and and now if you've noticed in like the new relaunch, of the, they're sort of giving him like super thinking ability. You know, super thinking or super speed thinking kind of. Yeah, he can. He well, the thing about it is, is like he can go through every plausible option. Of like how a situation is going to turn yeah. out, and then be able to choose the right one because you can think so fast. Yeah, um, and like I said, there's you know that and the fact that his character embodies was kind of good about superhero comics. Another thing I like is for the most part, yeah. If you look at all the flashes, none of their stories they don't follow what I've seen people tend to call it the Marvel backstory. Yeah, like with like Batman. Or with like Spider-Man, Daredevil, Punisher, you know, Flash's character is not rooted in tragedy. Yeah, he's a guy. He got superhero, you know, superpowers, and he was always a fan of comic books and stuff. So he thought, you know, I've got these abilities. Why don't I do some good? Yeah, and he's not out there for selfish reasons. He's not out there to mean something. He's just out there to do good and have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just you know, one of the more pure motivations, although. I think kind of John's kind of retconned that kind of when he brought Barry back to where his, yeah, mother, his mother got murdered. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't consider that his motivation for becoming the Flash. I consider it his motivation for getting into criminology. Yeah, and I, I would think that maybe that would also, the fact that you know he's been around criminal and crime stuff could also be a potential motivation for when he got his powers. Yeah. You could argue that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, but what about like the character? What about him? Do you not like? What are the elements do you not really care for? Hmm. I think if anyone's listening to this big Flash fan, they probably won't hate me for this. But like, kind of, I feel like the Speed Force has been kind of overdone. Hmm. If that makes sense, like it was a great concept when they introduced it back in the nineties. 
Yeah, it was, it was invented by Mark Waid. Yeah, Mark Waid. Like a lot of things Mark Waid does is very cool. Um, but it's sort of been almost used as a... It's been used almost too much, I feel. Yeah, it's been almost used as like an all-purpose tool. Yeah, and like, yeah, like you know, he explains something old. It's the Speed Force. So yeah, a, yeah, a laser like, rider will cop out, with, use that as, you know... Yeah, it's like the Force in Star Wars. Like, everything yeah, can kind of be attributed to that. And that's, that's sort of something that you notice, like, they kind of change. Like, the Flash, his character in Silver Age. I think I've talked about this a little bit on OPP before, but, but like, his, a lot of his adventures were science-based, you know. Barry Allen was a police scientist. You know, they used a lot of scientific stuff with physics and, you know, friction and stuff like that in their stuff. But then, like, in the 90s when Wild West took over, you know, they kind of introduced the Speed Force and it became sort of almost mystical mm-hmm. in the way the speedsters, you know, their connection to the Speed Force. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't well done, but, you know, I, I, it's not that I don't hate or nothing, but I just felt like it could be overused. I felt yeah. like probably about the time that... Infinite Crisis rolling around, and they try to use the Speed Force as a prison for Superboy. It's kind of when maybe he kind of jumped the shark maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can definitely see and that. And they had Wally and his family like living in the Speed Force, or like in some dimension related to the Speed Force. You know, yeah, the year they, that Bart was gone or Bart was Flash. Yeah, and they aged rapidly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see what you're coming from. Well. And I think that's pretty much, pretty much sums up you know, like why I like Flash like I do. But who would be your second character? Your number two? The Amazing Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. He's a menace, I tell you. <laughs> the spectacular ultimate, you know, whatever. Whatever you consider your Spider-Man to be, I like Spider-Man. Um, um, I just want to say you mentioned spectacular Spider-Man. I, think, I love that theme song. Yeah, it's spectacular it's, Spider-Man. Yeah, that's that's a good one. It's a lot I, better than the '90s version. That was just some robot. Yeah, it's not like they got Stephen Hawking to do the. No, no I love the '90s. Spider-Man, you like that? I don't know. Yeah, I love it. Well, I, I think Spider-Man has a good history of uh, cartoon uh, yeah, themes. I mean, but, yeah, nothing can top. Yeah, you know, here comes the Spider-Man. Well, no, no, I, I guess you're right in that regard. But um, actually, before we go on to Spider-Man, like mm-hmm. what? introduced you to Flash. We forgot to mention that. Um, Flash, like a lot of characters um, that we talked about so far, is it was the TV show, the CBS TV show. Yeah. I remember watching, I don't remember watching much, I mean, it was very short-lived. But I remember watching a few episodes and liking, I mean, I was little at the time, real little. But, um, and I kind of liked him, and then Justice League came around, and I liked Really love The Flash and Michael Rosenbaum. I mean, still, I think to this day, I mean, he's probably, I'd say to me, he's probably like right up there with Kevin Conroy and like Clancy Brown in terms of like characterizations. Yeah, I get to The see characters that. they talk for. And then, you know, once I started reading the comics and reading some of the older stuff, I really started falling in love with the character. But, um, yeah. What about Spider Man? Uh, Spider Man for me is, um, where it started, like I mentioned, well, did I mention it on the show or did I mention it before? Um, I'm not sure what you're mentioning, so mention it again so I can be remembered. Well, when I was introduced to Spider-Man, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I don't think you said that. Um, I was introduced to Spider-Man through, 
I was I remember it vividly. I was watching, like, I was staying at my uh, grandmother's house, and my cousin was there, and she turned on the TV to like search for something for me to watch. I guess because I was little and I was being an annoyance, and suddenly uh, she came on the Fox network, like the Fox Kids TV network that they used to have, and it was the 1994 Spider-Man series. And I had never heard of this guy. Like I, The only two superheroes I knew of back then were Superman and Batman. Like Those were the only two. And as far as I knew, those were the only two that even existed. Well, comes to show, um, that wasn't exactly the case because I was introduced to... Not only Spider-Man, but all of Marvel through that cartoon. Like that was yeah. when I first met Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I uh, first Captain came... America. Yeah, Captain he, America. He showed up on the show. Yeah, um, Captain America was the first time. Um, he had some crossovers with the X-Men too. Yeah, but I don't know if did you watch ever watch the X-Men show? Yeah, yeah, that was the first time I ever encountered the X-Men. I want to say that was my first like taste of Spider-Man. On but the I X-Men. Think... No, no, um, the TV show, his own show. Oh, okay. But I can't really. That that would probably be it. Yeah. Well, it was it was a great show, I thought. Yeah. Um. But that was the first time I ever got introduced into Spider Man, and then I'd always liked the show, and I liked like the comics. I like the very few comics I had picked up, but I never really got huge into them until. Uh, 2000, when the movie started getting, like, the uh, movie in 2000 had just been announced, they were going in production, and it really interested me to, like, see a movie version of Spider-Man, because he had, more than even Superman, his powers are kind of really tricky to pull off in, in motion pictures. Any, any jerkwad can stand behind a green screen with some wires. Well, yeah, yeah. but it's like... At the time, you'd never seen anything like that yeah. really portrayed. That's right. I called Chris Reeve a jerkwad. <laughs> Who's going to stand up for him because he won't? Wow. Really? Uh, yes, Chris Reeve joke. Hold on. Let me high-five myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're your own self-pleasuring. That's right. You do plenty yeah. of that during the day, though. <laughs> yeah, and when I do that, I only use one hand, not two. <laughs> exactly. But, um... Terrible joke aside. But yeah, when the movie was starting to come out, I really delved into, like... That was also around the time, like, the year after the Ultimate Spider-Man launched, and Mm -hmm. it reintroduced me to my love of the character. So, yeah, from then on, I I just became, like, a huge Spidey nut. Like, I I went back to, uh, like, the old 70s and 80s, even some of the 90s comics, Mm -hmm. and, like, really delved myself into the world. I bought... Well, I didn't buy, but I rented from the library the Essential Spider-Man Volume One, and I would constantly like re-rent that just to be able to read those old uh, Stanley and Steve Ditko stories all over again. So yeah, I, I my love of Spider-Man like gradually became very, very strong, and essentially, um, he even at one point like I would say right up until 2003, he rivaled my love for Batman. Like, he was nearly my favorite character in comic books. Blasphemy. <laughs> I know. Just for that, Christian Bale's going to come to your house and punch you in the face. <laughs> We're done. Professionally. I walked in front of his lights. <laughs> you never do that. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, now, what unprofessionalism that is. Yeah, so unprofessional, man. That's, it's working with actors, man. That's what that is. That's what you don't get. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
Is there anything about like Spider Man that you don't like other than Spider Man Three? Uh, <laughs> I mean that's a given, I guess. Yeah. I guess we should have mentioned Batman and Robin and Catwoman. Oh God! <laughs> no God, no, never Batman and Robin. The horror I'm having flashbacks. Exactly. I but, would take a uh, humping Jim Carrey and spandex over the bat nipples any day of the week. <laughs> Arnold coming in. Arnold. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, as far as Spider-Man goes, like I, the reason I love him is just because I think he embodies like the everyman approach, like you said with Flash. Yeah. Um, he embodies that, but he also has like he has a sense of humor that makes his stories really fun to read. Like, like you never read like a a depressing issue of Spider-Man. I don't feel if you do, then the writer is doing something wrong. Because I think ultimately Spider-Man needs to be about he is a character that continually gets crapped on, like as far as his life goes and his yeah. like his villains. Everybody hates him. He's considered a loser. He's the Parker. He's, he's the Jim Belushi of superheroes. Pretty much. Um, but unlike Jim Belushi, he's pretty funny. Um, and he's successful. For what he does. <laughs> yeah. That's right, guess, Jim Belushi. I guess suck on that. I guess he's not listening. like Jim Belushi in any way. Then. Well, but, I think he both. They both had successful brothers who died of drug overdoses. So. I don't think Spider-Man ever had that. Yeah. Are you sure? I thought. Now, I thought there was John Parker who did Blues Brothers. Or am I thinking about Jim Belushi again? I often get he was Peter also, Parker also and Jim no. Belushi. Yeah. I get those two mixed up a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> but, um... According to Spidey. Yeah, I also I also know. like, um... Not only his characterization, but I also like, like just the uniqueness of his powers. Because you don't see other people going around walking on walls, spinning webs. Like a precognitive sense of danger or anything like that. Like... Like, he's very visually and, like, just diametrically, well, not diametrically, but um, just statistically, he's more of, like, a unique in the superhero pantheon. Yeah, because, like, you never see, like, character, like, the closest characters I can think of to be close to that is, like, Animal Man and, uh, what's her name, Vixen. You know, they get powers of other animals. Yeah. Not just one animal. Um, but... Yeah, because you never see like you can't. I can't think of like off the top of my head just one superhero whose power set is like that of an animal. I can, you know, nothing. I mean, all their powers are like that of animal. That one single animal. You know, you yeah. got Batman, but he doesn't have any powers. So. Yeah, despite sleeping upside down at night after school with Vicky Vale. You know what I've always found weird is that Daredevil exists with the powers of a bat, essentially. <laughs> but he's but not he's, Batman. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've. That's what always baffled me about him. He was like, is that they never, the, they never attempted to put Batman and Daredevil together. I have the powers of a bat. I know what I'll call myself. Daredevil. I name myself after Evil Knievel. <laughs> exactly. It's like instead of like you know, he was sitting in the study. It's like, Father, send me a sign, and then a motorbike crashed through his window. <laughs> yes, Father, I shall become a Daredevil. <laughs> and you know that that explains the yellow and red costume at first. Yeah. Well, of course, he's blind. Well, yeah, that's true. He's lucky um, it wasn't pink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like lime green or whatever. Um, But you mentioned that stuff about Spider-Man. I would think, I kind of agree with you. Like, I don't think Spider-Man's like, 
in my top five necessarily. Yeah. He's like right there. But I, I agree with what you said. Like his optimistic uh, nature. How you know at the end of the day, you know, he gets kicked to hell and back, but he still pulls himself up. Yeah. And gets over and plus like some of his problems. Like you know, at the time that he came out it was very revolutionary that you know you didn't have superheroes Who having be relatable. To, yeah, relatable who having to make the rent. Because that was sort of what superheroes, they were the exact opposite. People didn't read comics to you know be reminded that they had to pay the rent. Yeah, they weren't they weren't meant to be like relatable. Almost. Yeah, they were supposed Which, to be escapist. Yeah, they were supposed to be like they would be like what we could never be. Yeah, exactly. Like like even to some degree, Batman was written in that way because he yeah. had a very larger than life persona in like the sixties and everything, which is what led led to like the Adam West series dancing around LSD doing the bad Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one ever like act like that in real life. Uh, but yeah, Spider Man. I think another thing that really attracts me the the mythology of him is the Rogues Gallery because you know every hero has to have a good set of villains. I think in order to um, be like truly great. Yeah, and that's something we didn't really talk about with Batman, but I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah, Batman. Batman is a given. He's my. He's got my favorite villains in all mm-hmm. of comicdom, just because they're all dark reflections of yeah, his and, own yeah, personality. Yeah, in, in some way, yeah. I've always liked that, but and also I meant to mention it too with the Flash as well. All yeah, three that of, is true. All three of those, like the ro- they're all three of them are unique in their own way, and they all are great, you know, in their own way. I think, like for me, I would put the Rogues and the Spider-Man villains like. Neck and neck tied for second, like right in, right behind the bat rogues. Yeah, well, when you have like a when first of all, what's great about the Spider-Man rogues is that you have the sort of almost the nature channel yeah. sort of thing because it's the like octopus, yeah, the rhino, octopus vulture. and the rhino versus a spider, or like like you have Mysterio who's an op- a master of optical illusion. So, you know, you have this larger-than-life guy going against this larger-than-life hero. There's the chameleon. I mean, he may not be necessarily like a physical threat, but he's still like... He can blend into everything. Yeah, and he can hurt Spider-Man in other ways. Yeah, and, and you have the Green Goblin, of course, who's yeah. who's been kind of overused as Spider-Man's main villain. I think Dr. Octopus deserves a lot of more I do. You know, a lot of people like rag on Bendis, but I kind of like his approach to making Norman Osborn more of a world-level threat. Yeah, yeah, just, but, you know, I mean, like, Spider-Man. mainly just in Spider-Man's life. Yeah, I know he's been, yeah, that's why I kind of like, you I mean, and now instead of, I mean, he's still harassing Spider-Man, because, like, he sort of, when he was, like, director of Hammer for a while, he sort of screwed with Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, just for fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what would you do if you had that kind of power? True. Yeah, you would know because if if I were director of the FBI, you would know there would be raids <laughs> on your house, morning, noon, and night. Suddenly, my my computer would have child porn on it. <laughs> Arrest him, the pervert. <laughs> you have an eye patch on for no reason. I would I would come into your house like toss you a gun and shoot you. It was in self defense. <laughs> You'd have blackface on. Yes, some boss. <laughs> And for some reason, you'd be bald. Well, I don't know I, why. If 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 I were going to emulate any character, it would be Ultimate Nick Fury. <laughs> I feel Jackson. like this should be a white Samuel L. Jackson. That would be awesome. I, I actually would like that, too. Like, <laughs> like if they tried to make 
<laughs> they tried to make 616 Nick Fury into more of an ultimate. <laughs> That'd be kind of hilarious. What happened? I got a bad tan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I guess... I guess those are all like contributing factors into it. Um, his rose gallery, his characterization, his power set, like everything. I just like it's I sort guess of like whole, with Batman again, right? Yeah, There's I guess not really like, one defining thing. Yeah, I guess I really just like the whole package when you got it when you get down to it. It's like I also like like his love interest and everything, like Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy. Uh, oh, what's her, I do. Uh, Carly what's, Parker. No, no, Carly oh. Carly Cooper. Um. Carly Cooper, but Deborah, yeah. I think her name's Deborah Wilson, or something like that. There was like another mm. one that I that I used to like. Um, but anyway, I do think though, talking about Lovich, I do kind of think like over with the past twenty years, like writers have kind of put Gwen Stacy kind of on the pedestal. I think. Yeah, yeah, and people used to complain that Mary Jane was like too glorified as far yeah. as Spider Man, which I mean, I guess in a way she, her character isn't all that, like, compelling. But at the same time, that's what kind of makes it charming for me, because it's like, at the end of the day, Peter himself is a normal guy. He doesn't need yeah. someone who's, like, insanely smart or whatever, like Gwen, like Gwen is. Or he doesn't yeah, well, need someone who's... He doesn't need someone who has, like, an, a, like a defining attribute as far as character. Well, I would say that, you know, Mary Jane was a supermodel. I mean... Well, yeah. If yeah, you want to go with the common everyday man approach, him marrying a supermodel kind of takes it out of. But then again, so does crawling home walls and shooting webs from your hands. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like the whole supermodel thing is just like uh, Superman's like married to a top journal, like a top journalist. Batman is always chasing around like a a thief. Like an exotic thief, or yeah, who always has just the right amount of cleavage. Showing. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't really, I guess it just doesn't really phase me. And that's something else I like about the Flash. <laughs> all, all the guys are married to normal women. Well, Barry used to be married. Well, well, yeah, but I still consider Iris to be his wife. So. Yeah, yeah, she is the love of his life. I, I will, I will agree there. And I, despite that homewrecker, Patty Spivet, just. That blonde-headed whore. <laughs> exactly. Homewrecker. <laughs> That's what you think every time you read any new so, issue of The Flash. I want to see, like, uh, Bart. I'm not, yeah, Bart's parent. Uh, Bart's father. Yeah. The two twins that they had, like, in pre-crisis mm -hmm. that were Bart's father and aunt. And then just come out of nowhere through time and just punch out Patty Spivet. Stop ruining our future, whore. Homewrecker. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense from the context of the story. <laughs> they just disappear. Man, Manipal's slipping. <laughs> but um, it was beautiful, though. It may not made sense, but from a drawing standpoint, it looked beautiful. Exactly. Well, um, I want to finish before nine, so we should probably move a okay. little ahead. Dang, um, yeah, we do, don't we? Jesus. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What about number three for you? Um, well, I didn't get the things I don't like, but... Okay, well, is there anything you don't like? From the Spider-Man mythos, um... I don't like it when Peter is maybe portrayed as a little too depressed. Like, when he's not as optimistic or humglum or whatever. And I don't like the idea of him, like, always having to be regressed to make him interesting or relatable. Yeah. 
like, like I don't, the one more day thing or brand yeah. new thing. Yeah, that's like I don't like that element, but I think that's pretty much like a universal sentiment. Yeah. Like the things we mentioned with Batman are more like personal contrivances. Yeah, because there's somewhere out there someone who loves, it. and there are fans. I mean, I, I'm I've been reading Spider Man. You know, <clears throat> I like what you know has been doing what they're doing with them right now. Yeah. But it's not necessarily what they're doing. It's not dependent on the fact that he and Mary Jane no longer be married. Yeah. I felt like that was more like lazy writing than yeah. anything. Yeah. Plus, I don't think there's. Anyone that really said, you know, I loved Brand New Day, and I preferred it to the status quo. Yeah. I don't think there was anyone that said no. that. So, Even while the Grimdark fans may be retards, at least they have opinions, and they are committed at to their... At least they have a bandwagon to jump Yeah, on. exactly. So, I mean, there's that. Um, but yeah, we should probably move on to number three. Um, my, number thir- my number three character is Superman. Superman, the Man of Steel, exactly. a stranger from a foreign foreign planet. I can't remember the rest, but I know he is disguised as Mild Manor or Four O'clock Kent of the Daily Planet. He <laughs> fights for truth, justice, and the American way. The last son of Krypton. Yeah, um, and the reason I like Superman is just because he exemplifies everything that is good about it. Comic book era, like he is the he has the absolutely insanely high morality that I think a hero should have or like an ideal heroic figure should have. Um, he's also, he also has the thing that's going for him in that he's a stranger from another world. He doesn't really, you know, you would think he wouldn't relate to us, but at the same time he was raised in our culture. So he fights for us, even though, you know, he's from a completely different society, completely different race. I consider, like with Superman, I consider, like, Krypton to be his birth planet, but Earth is his home. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, would, I think that's actually one of my grievances with Superman Returns, in that he, I don't think he would leave Earth just because there was, like, a sliver of hope that Krypton, like, a part of Krypton yeah. was still there. I think it was avoid child support payments. <laughs> exactly. Superman a deadbeat daddy. Yeah. Um I also like like the whole I like the supporting cast that he has. I like Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, Perry White. I like everything that they bring to the mythos. I also like his villains, Lex Luthor, Parasite, Bizarro, Brainiac. Um but moreover I also like just the fact that you can tell the most insane story with him imaginable. Like he goes to Yeah. He goes sort of to, like he goes to a parallel world full of bizarro people, yeah, and that's sort of not like, it's not out of character. Yeah, like like I mentioned with Flash, you know, there's other than like the crime stuff that I mentioned, there's really nothing that Superman you can't t- any kind of story you can't tell or can't do with him. I mean, you look at some of the crazy Silver Age stories. Jimmy Olsen married a monkey one time, <laughs> and I don't mean that as a racial slur. I mean he married an actual monkey. <laughs> exactly. It's like Jimmy Olsen like has a history of like just transforming into bizarre, weird things and, and doing all sorts of stuff. One of my favorite, like I've seen like the Super Dick Dickery covers. Yeah. Yeah, the Superman and Trickster. Like Superman's like got this pissed look on his face. He's holding Trickster up, and he's putting like Trickster's like you know I'm putting pennies in my ear, Superman. There's no law against it, and Superman's like, no, stop it or I'll kill you. <laughs> Yeah, that is 
that does sound that does sound pretty funny. <laughs> like a uh, prankster is just kind of an annoyance mostly. Um, it's like I, stop touching me. I'm not touching you. Stop it or I'll kill you. <laughs> God, Superman jumped up a notch. Got exactly. Intense real quick. Um, yeah, it did. Is um, there anything like about the character that you initially don't like? Um. Hmm. I mean, I don't like any of the pandering that people have to do to make him relatable when he's not really meant to be relatable. But at the same time, it's like he is relatable. It's it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing to describe. Um, you know, people always people always complain that Superman isn't relatable because you know he's insanely powerful or whatever. And the thing is that yes, he can still you can still affect him because he feels just like the rest of us. Like you can hurt him mentally, emotionally. You just can't hurt him like as easily physically. Even though you can, because of, like the elements of kryptonite and magic and all yeah, of that. Yeah, those are like his to be weaknesses. Yeah, but apart from those weaknesses, I don't like it when they depower him or whatever just to make him more likable. Like I, I don't like, um, I don't like the idea of him essentially not being portrayed as like a god because that's sort of what he's meant to be, like this all-inspiring, powerful person, and that's sort of the point. Like I, I don't. Feel- yeah, like, I kind of, like, I feel like anybody who says, you know, Superman's born because he can do all this stuff, read All-Star Superman. Yeah. you got a ridiculously overpowered Superman, and just all the entertaining stories like, that Grant Morrison, that. yeah, he, he manages to tell. Yeah. Yeah, All-Star Superman is great for, like, a, a number of reasons, but, you know, you also have the whole argument of a world that gets insanely darker, like, should he you know, compromise his moralities and become darker along with that world, or should he stick to what makes him a hero? And that's, I think that's a good, that's why uh, Kingdom Come is one of my favorite stories, because it addresses that issue. And at the end of the day, it just proves that heroism is timeless, no matter what, you know, era we're in. Like, good old-fashioned heroism is still timeless. And that's... Um, What's the name of that, uh... I can't remember, there's some... Like famous, like not famous, but it was like from the nineties where Superman like takes on this group of like ultra grim dark heroes. Oh, what's so funny about Truth, Justice, yeah. and the American? And that's Life? sort of I've never like read it, but I've just heard like this sort of like that. It's sort of a commentary on how Superman, you know, because he didn't, you know, kill or stuff that he was viewed as weak. But in the end, you know, he showed that by taking his stance, you know, he was I superior. Think- I think I'm actually one of the few people who read it and did and wasn't like absolutely enthralled with it. Like really? I don't, I don't. I think it was a little bit too on the nose. Heavy as far handed as that goes. Yeah, and I think yeah. that Kingdom Come was a lot more subtle, subtle about it. Yeah, I, I can see that. So yeah, I I mean I guess because... I guess it's more so his quote unquote fans that that uh, get me yeah. more than Superman. Though I do wish like some of his rogues were written or portrayed a little better. And I also wish uh, his comics were being a little written a little better right now. Well, I mean, come like, on. Like, I can't think of many Superman stories or arcs like I can with Batman that yeah, are just amazing. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, one that I particularly loved. The All-Star Superman room was great. Yeah. But, um... And I love, the, 
I love Jeff Johns' Brainiac. I loved uh, Superman Birthright. Yeah. I also liked Alan Moore, uh, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. You know, I've never actually read that. Yeah. That one's very good. It's sort of, it kind of can get dark at times, but, you know, at the end, you know, it's sort of like, it's the it's the last pre-crisis Superman story. Yeah. It shows, like, you know, a finite ending for Superman before the crisis. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I always, I've liked it, so. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite ones. Um, but is there anything else? Uh, no, no. That you so... wish to say? No, I think that's pretty much why I like right. Superman. Then, in that case, the council will say this. Guilty. You'll be sentenced to the Phantom Zone. No. Kneel before Zod. <laughs> the Phantom Zone is just a world where you're, where you exist as director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and the the rest, me and the rest of S.H.I.E.L.D. we wear clan hoods. <laughs> exactly. S.H.I.E.L.D. and Noose. So what's your third? My third, I've been thinking about this. I'm kind of, I go back and forth. I would probably say Captain America. Okay. It's something, like, as we get farther down the list, this is sort of the point to where I sort of start to, the characters are almost interchangeable. Yeah, that's going to be me the next one. Um, But just Captain America, just like, you know, I'm always a fan of history. Mm -hmm. Cap's a character who's rooted in history. One of the time periods that I've studied a lot about World War Two, um, just you know, like the what he stands for. You know, he stands for. It's almost like a nostalgia kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays how kind of like America's people are down on America. Yeah. And like you know, the American way and all this stuff. But he represents another time, maybe, and just he really. You know, maybe super. I'm, I know I'm kind of struggling with this exactly. I can't really define exactly why I like the character. Well, I think what you said was like pretty much, pretty much uh, on the money. Like, like he's the representation of the American ideal, yeah. and not and, and not what really America is right now. Like one of the, one of the things I kind of like about like his story is that like when he was created, he was sent to fight the Nazis. Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of like maybe ironic in the fact that. The Aryan way, the Aryan you know, ideal, the perfect human, turned out to be the man the Americans had. This tall, muscular, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy, the Aryan you know, Superman, mm-hmm. was fighting for the Americans. Exactly. Know? I've always kind of appreciated their flag. That. Yeah, kind of appreciated that idea. Yeah, like but, sort um, of the irony of his existence. Yeah, and um, a lot of I'm trying to think of. Like another good thing, but like just when you see him like in action, like with the Avengers and stuff, mm-hmm. like he's their leader. You know, I mean, they go through team changes and stuff. But like at the end of the day, when you're you know the chips are down, you want Captain America there with you, mm-hmm. and he's got that tactical mind. And anybody, one of my favorite parts, like any like a big Avengers story thing, is the speeches because you know Captain America. He, 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 you read those words like, yeah, let's go. You know, I may be reading it at home, but I want to go mess up some aliens as well. <laughs> he's, he's like the Morgan Freeman of the Marvel Universe. I wish I could tell you we beat the Skrulls. I really do. But we this did. is a comic book, so of course we did. This is I, not real life. I don't know why I said I wish, because we actually did. <laughs> Just me longing, I suppose. 
like I'm want to do. Um, but we talked about this. Was it last week? The Captain America movie. I recently rewatched it. Um, yeah. And there's a great two great scenes I love mm-hmm. that kind of embody why I like the character so much. The first scene is early on in the film when he's still skinny and uh, a weakling, and you know he's getting beat up by this guy. Mm-hmm. You know the guy's just beating him up. He's kicking his ass left and right, and he still refuses to go down. Mm-hmm. He picks himself back up, stands up to fight, knowing he's going to lose every single time. He's going to get beat up. Exactly. You know? And later on in the film, someone tells him, "You know, do you have a problem with running away?" And you know he has a great line where you know if you start running, they'll never let you stop. They'll never let you stop exactly. And you got to make a stand. And the sort of one of the things I like about it, and also the other scene that you like so much, mm-hmm. where he's is, where he's with uh, Erskine, yeah, like getting his physical, and Erskine asks, "Do you want to kill Nazis?" And he says, "I don't want to kill anyone. I just don't like bullies." Yeah. Doesn't matter where they're from. I just don't like bullies. Exactly. And that's sort of like it, it kind of jives with what you've said about Superman. You know, he stands up for those who can't stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. He inspires us to kind of be better people. Exactly. Like, like with Superman, he yes, he looks out for our ideals and everything, and he upholds what is right, and he has like this high morality. But this, but at the end of the day. Caps is almost a bit more personal, yeah. and that he is one of us. He was one born of as one of us, and he relates to us. And even with all of our flaws, he still has that morality. Like he still has that outlook, and he still wants to be a better person and make other people better. So I, I guess, yeah, I could see, I could definitely see why you like Captain America. America, he's American. I mean, of course, I'm gonna like him. <laughs> You uber patriot. Yeah, and I also want to give a shout out to Ultimate Captain America. I know he's a character, character and like a jerk, but there's just something so awesome about you know surrender, surrender. Do you think this letter on my head stands for France? It's just <laughs> so over the top and stupid, but just, I love it so much. You just love the racist side of him. Yeah, I want to. I think it was in a like, Ultimate Captain American Falcon. He called Falcon colored. Because <laughs> he didn't know any better. Yeah. So, right. um, is there anything That's, about Captain America that you don't like? I would probably say, like, kind of. I don't know. I, I didn't like a lot about Civil War. I didn't like the Civil War. I mean, I, you know, not the, of course, the actual U.S. event, but <laughs> the comic event. But um, one thing is kind of was I felt like. Captain America was kind of, I don't know, was canonized as a saint in that event. You know, I understand like someone had to be the good guy, someone had to be the bad guy, but I just didn't like they put Cap on a pedestal and they made Iron Man this horrible bad guy as this big, you know, analogy towards the war on terrorism and the Patriot Act and all this stuff. But I don't know. I like Captain America. I just don't like it when he gets political. I believe he represents America, not one particular creed or motto or you know one particular philosophy yeah i think what's great about captain america is that he's not he doesn't represent what america is he represents what america can be can be and maybe a little bit of what it was yeah so like this 
going back to the World War II origin. But yeah, that'd be my third answer, or my number three on my list. All right, and we're down to number four. Yes. Um, do you want to go for number four, or do you want me to take this one? Since you did two in a row, I didn't know. Um, yeah, you go ahead. You okay. go ahead and take point. My number four would probably be... Uh, see, I wrestle with the top, like, you know, I've got, like, six people that I think of like on a common basis, but probably number four for me would be Dick Grayson. Okay. And like, like just in any persona like yeah, Robin. Nightwing, Robin, Batman, back yeah. to Nightwing. Even, you know, high collar Nightwing. <laughs> just Renegade. Nightwing. Renegade, was that one of his Yeah, that was when he was briefly like sort of a villain. Yeah, he was like undercover, that's right, with Deathstroke. Yeah. yeah. That, that was written by the lady who had tarantula rape Nightwing. So the less we say about that, maybe the better. Yeah. But I like one thing like people have accused comics of being is stagnant. You know, at the end of the day, the status will always be quo. You know, yeah. it's always going to go back to normal. But Dick Grayson is like one of those few characters who define that, or not define it, but defy it. And the fact that he's had so much progression. I mean, he's been around since what, the. Yeah, since the since 1940s. 1940, so, I mean, 1940 was when Robin debuted, but, um, and just, I mean, it's taken a while, of course, like, he was Robin for, like, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, like, some guy, real-time Asian, um, <laughs> as Robin, still wearing the short pants with the hairy legs, smoking a cigarette, you know, Robin, let's go, I can't, my kids have got practice, I have to take <laughs> my kids to baseball, I can't fight crime, Batman. <laughs> and then Batman's like an old man. He's got a, he's got a walker. He's got a bat walker. <laughs> bat dentures. They're shaped like a bat. I'll get Alfred. Alfred's dead, old man. He's he died twenty years ago. <laughs> but um, yeah, like you know, Dick Grayson. You know, he was robbing for all those years, and then he, you know, he sort of became his own person as Nightwing. He was you know, he was no longer. The, the boy wonder he was the leader of the teen titans you know he was his own guy you know and i loved the early stuff that they did was setting him up in bloodhaven um it kind of went to crap in the later part of the series but um they messed with bloodhaven too much but um anyway and then it got to the point to where you know after bruce died he became batman he took over the role and this sort of was a nice like journey very long journey, a lot of character progression, but it almost felt organic. It did. I did. I, I have to agree. Like, like every bit of progression that has gone on in Dick's yep. life has felt, it's felt in character. It's like nothing ever came out of nowhere. Yeah. And um, I feel like maybe it's a good, it was a good sign that there were some people that were kind of perturbed by when the new 52 started that he was going back to the Nightwing role. Yeah. And, you know, I know people love to complain, you know, they, that's one thing, that's one constant about comic books. Mm-hmm. People always complain, but, um, you know, I thought that was just a good sign that more people were against him going back to being Nightwing because he had established himself in the role. And before we even started, we were talking about how we were both kind of a little skeptical about um, him taking over the role for, <clears throat> both of us had different reasons, of course. Yeah. But we both kind of really enjoyed uh, his run, especially the Batman and Robin run he had with Damien. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The two pairs worked real well against each other. I, I like, I just love the idea of them flipping 
the roles of Batman and Robin. Yeah, one, like, Robin is the grim, dark, serious one. Batman's the lighthearted, fun one. Yeah, Batman's the good cop. And I also liked sort of the idea of him being uh, Batman, but still using, like, all those Nightwing moves. Because, you know, Bruce, the time they showed him, you know, he could fight, but he's more of a, you know, strength kind of guy. He uses the heavy-plated armor, whereas Dick was a lot more mobile in the role. Yeah. He yeah, uses he, acrobatics. Yeah, he, he actually kind of brought that animalistic nature of Batman to life in that yeah. he could, you know, he could soar like a bat, and it it would make total sense. Like, with Bruce, he would all you would always see Bruce with, like, a bat rope. But with Dick, like, he would always, like, jump first, keep, like, suspension in air before he would throw out the rope. Yeah. Um... But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Like, I really, you know, love reading his Nightwing series. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately, like, he hasn't been able to, like, transition as well in other mediums. Yeah, he did good. I mean, you know, in the Teen Titans. and But, really, there, I mean, he was seen as Nightwing briefly in the Batman the Animated Series, you know, at the very end. Yeah. But, and, of course, the less we say about Chris O'Donnell, I, f- I figured the better. He's a good actor. He's just, you know. You know, I, I would argue that his version of Dick wasn't really that bad. It I was just, just, it it was just more like good. Jason. It was, just, it was more like Jason, I would say. Than ten, and, of than course, Dick. he had an earring, so, you know. Yeah, and then, you know, Batman and Robin happened, and he yeah. was whining every single scene. We're supposed to be partners, not sidekicks. <laughs> It should be it should be Robin and Batman, not Batman and Robin. Nah, can Jack Nicholson come back just to beat you upside the head with a crowbar, please? <laughs> I can see that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Is there anything about Dick you don't like? Um, I mentioned. By the way, I'm going to take this entire conversation out of context and say, is there anything about Dick you don't well, like? Well, the thing I do I don't like about Dick, of course, is that it's a little too rough sometimes. <laughs> It doesn't all fit in your mouth at one time. Nah, it's a little penetrating. Almost yeah. too much. Yeah, too much at once. Um, almost too much to handle for me anyway. Yeah, but but yeah. As far as the character, like uh, the whole thing, I, I mentioned in passing earlier, but the whole stuff, like the end of what's her name, Devin Grayson, what she did with the whole blockbuster saga. You know, they had been building up Blockbuster to be this almost like Nightwing's arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. And Chuck Dixon did a lot of good stuff, you know, with the character. Made him more than just, you know, a mindless idiot. Um, and then, kind of, it all goes for nothing. You know, she kind of, like, threw it out the window by just having Tarantula kill Dick. I mean, I kill, I mean, kill Blockbuster while Nightwing just sat there and watched, you know. And then later, he got raped by a tarantula. Yeah. Because he was so overwrought with guilt about it. Yeah, that's kind of... I know there's been people out there that's argued over exactly... You know, you can't rape a man. (laughs) Or a woman can't rape a man. A man can rape a man. You know, I don't know how often that happens. Oh, you know. Because, like, you know, I don't think men would be too willing to go to the police with that. Yeah, plus, I mean, you get a, like a hot comic book chick wanting to go down on you. You're, how are you going to say no? Eh. Oh, and also, I, I've noticed, I think we talked about this during OPP, but like, or after OPP, but he seems to have a thing for redheads. Have you noticed? <laughs> Is that a part that you don't like or a part that no, you do? That's part of it I do like. 
<laughs> yeah, he has a he's a bit of a fetish. Like you know, there's of course Barbara and Starfire, and then the new chick he was with at the end of the New Fifty Two. Yeah, Raya. Yeah, all redheads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a bit of a fetish. But um, yeah, uh, Nightwing, Dick Grayson, Batman slash Nightwing slash Robin, you know. Is your number just, four pick? Just be my number four. And almost sometimes, depending on, like, you know, for a while there, at the end of, like, uh, during his run, he come real close to passing Bruce. It's, like, my favorite character. Hmm. So. I do like I do like his version of Batman. I'm always going to be, like, loyal to Bruce, but I would say his version of Batman offers almost, like, the mirror side of what Bruce is. Yeah. Like, they're, they're two sides of the same coin, and both yeah. of them are good. So I, I think I think both of them could... I think Dick could have remained as Batman because he brings something different to the table. Yeah, I mean, and then, like, not more than just, like, his, you know, his relationship with Robin. But, yeah, I mean, that would be cool. I know they did it briefly for a while, you know. Yeah. Uh, Bruce was Batman traveling the world, creating his Batman franchises. <laughs> Batman restaurants. Colonel Batman. <laughs> It's him selling fried chicken. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> the seasoning has is shaped like a bat. Every, um, I like. What does every bucket come with? A side helping of justice, and he punches them. <laughs> exactly. Next. Order up. Um. So, what about you? What would be your number four? Well, this is, like you said, um, this is kind of where I start to transition, and it changes on, like, a weekly basis. So, like, my next two choices are probably just going to be, like, as of this moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's how you make all life decisions. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, my number four is Daredevil. Daredevil, the man without fear. Yeah, the blind lawyer slash vigilante with radar sense. Uh, Super smelling taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I figured that would be kind of like sometimes beneficial. Or not not beneficial to him. Like kind of like if he's on a date with a woman who maybe hasn't properly washed up, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like so what do you want to do? Oh God. Oh God. Oh <laughs> I can smell it. Oh, <laughs> He just he's crying. <laughs> You've been crying all night. What's wrong? This is having a wonderful time. <laughs> I, oh, I never thought about that. Wow. What made me think about it was: Did you read this week's Daredevil or this month's? Yeah. Like when they showed like that flashback of him and Foggy like living together. Mm-hmm. How like the only way he could ever get any sleep was he had to. Wear nose plugs, ear plugs, you know, because mm-hmm. so, Foggy was just that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the reason I like Daryl is just because he can be told in two different ways. First of all, you have the Frank Miller way that he can be told, where he's always teetering on the edge of insanity. Where he's like just one step away from just snapping because of all the terrible stuff that's happened in his life. You know, he had his father was killed um, very early on in his life. 
He was blinded by radioactive isotope. <laughs> um, Anybody who's even close to him gets killed. Yeah, you know, you have Electra, you have Karen Page. Every woman he has ever loved has either turned out to be psychotic or dead. Um, you know, you have his secret identity was just was outed like as of like a couple of years ago. And it's even yeah. still a part of canon that his identity was still out, even though he got kind of, he he kind of managed to repel it, like repel he, like the whole thing. Yeah, like, I know he like a he mentioned that he had like the Daily Bugle printer attraction or something. Yeah. Um. So so there's that you can you can have him like basically just be one second away from just killing somebody. <laughs> And becoming like a serial killer or a super <laughs> I villain. Just, I want to see like you know he was at a restaurant. You know he gets like cold soup. That's it. <laughs> and he just snaps a waiter's neck. <laughs> I, I I can put up with all my girlfriends dying. I can put up with being out in the press. I can put up going to prison and having my best friend shanked. But cold soup is where I draw the line. Death to everybody. <laughs> and he becomes a villain. It's Shadowland all Cold over again. Suit man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's that's pretty funny actually. Um, but uh, there's also a second way that you can write him, which is he has fun with what he does. In that he, Mark Wade is currently writing this version of Daredevil, where you know he has all of that trauma, but he manages to push ahead and still somehow you know, realize that he still has a chance at making his life work. Um, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily know which version I prefer, but I think both of those versions are equally as good. Um, equally as valid. Right. If they can be written right. Yeah, if they can be written right. Like, um, you know, Bendis did very good with Daredevil. Brubaker did, you know, very well. Uh, Andy Diggle you're, kind of what? I'm your, your microphone kind of is doing that thing again. It is probably I moved it. Um, is it better now? Yeah. All right. But like I was saying, if he can be written right, because you know Bendis did very well. Yeah. Bendis, uh, Brubaker. Yeah. And but Andy Diggle kind of. Uh, well, well, up until a point, Andy Diggle actually did an okay job. It I was feel just... like up, like I was getting really excited about Shadowland because you know I mean. It's very interesting, uh, very interesting take on the character because, like for the most part, we've seen certain characters in like the comics universe go from hero to villain, villain to hero, you know, reform kind of, mm-hmm. but very rarely. And Daredevil was a very big character to do this with, mm-hmm. and it just was a freaking cop out. Yeah, it, it a was. Demon. It was a demon all along. Yeah, it's like. And not only that, but you led up to that point. Matt had very good reasons for becoming this, like becoming what he became in Shadowland. It was a natural progression. Yeah, because he became leader of the hand. Uh, Bullseye had had just escaped and harassed him for like what seemed to be like the final time. Yeah. Because he ended up killing Bullseye. But then it's like friggin' oh no, it was... He had to be exercised by Ghost Rider. <laughs> they, 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 really? I thought maybe they got like some old backwoods preacher, you know? Oh, devil, devil, come out! <sighs> Slapping him on the forehead. 
<laughs> he's like, the devil's not, the, the devil's still in me, but I can see now. And then the preacher like smacks him again. Whoop, it's gone. <laughs> they get Max von Sydow. <laughs> Devil, come out. <laughs> That's my Max von Sydow. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. But um, but yeah, it just was you know seemed like. I was you know, so, yeah. Brent Bendis. It seemed like both Bendis and Brubaker. Like the thing was like. They would write the next upcoming writer kind of into a corner, you know, because Bendis ended, you know, Daredevil got outed in the press, got arrested for being the kingpin. Then Brew Baker ended his run with Daredevil taking over the hand. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of potential there, but I just felt like maybe it got kind of squandered. Yeah, it got squandered under Diggle and under um, Shadowland. I seen like a great, like, comic kind of parodying, like the. Daredevil of the last 10 years, like, you know, they showed him punching out the kingpin. You know, he's like, I'm now kingpin of New York. And they showed him punching out, uh, what's her name, Lady Bulls. You know, I'm now leader of the hand. And the Avengers come to him, Matt, we need to talk to you. You got this weird thing about how you'll, you know, take over teams and stuff just for no reason. And then he punches out Captain America. He punches out Captain America. Avengers assemble. Yeah, I think I read that comic too. That was, was, but yeah, like I like both versions. Uh, the the way Wade's writing is kind of new to me. Other than like the only other experience I've had to the like the swashbuckling Daredevil was uh, Yellow. Yeah, and I, I like that a whole lot. But um, yeah, I'm really digging. It's like a uh, breath of fresh air because after the last what twenty some odd years of Dark crazy Daredevil, Daredevil yeah, yeah, so ever since. Frank Miller, it's, it's been you know I think that's nice to like clean the palette every so often like how yeah like with what, uh, Dick Grayson yeah with Dick Grayson kind of like what Morrison kind of did like with some of his run with kind of tying in I just thought that was very awesome how he weaved continuity mm-hmm. around to yeah. fit like everything that happened with Batman had happened to Batman yeah yeah I like but, that too though some things maybe should have left. Maybe it should have been left like unturned. Like uh, you better not be talking about Zero and R. <laughs> Zero and R was dope. It was it was dope, son. Dope, son. You just can't even handle the awesomeness that is that Zero and R costume. Exactly. Running wild on you. <laughs> exactly. Um. But yeah, I also like his power set. Like it's very cool how he he's blind, but all of his other senses work. Yeah. To it's sort of potency. like. It seemed like that's really the only, like, way you could do that. With I mean, you couldn't really do it with any other sense. Like, you know, this man, all his senses are heightened at, you know, super levels, but he has no sense of taste. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, my God, your mouth's burning. What? The soup is too hot. I can't tell. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but, yeah, um... And as far as things I don't like about the character, uh, like you said, like he would kind of get like in sort of a repetition for a while, mm-hmm. in that you know a writer would write him into a corner, then another writer would write him into another corner, then that writer would kind of ruin him, and then the next writer would bring him back or whatever. Yeah. It's I do like, think that's kind of like almost like a challenge and. It's like it's fun when it works. I like kind of how 
Brubaker worked to get him out of jail and clear his name or try to clear his name. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it can be handled disastrously, like I mentioned with Diggle. But um, uh, one thing that I don't like too much about it is like how you know, every single like love interest of his dies or something happens to him and they go crazy. Like you remember he was married for a while. Yeah, to and, Mila Donovan. Yeah, uh, Bendis. I think more. I think it was more or less Brubaker cleaning that up because I don't think you know he kind of inherited the character. Yeah. And I do give him props. At least he didn't kill her off, which would have been the easiest solution. Yeah. In the latest, she did. She did kind of go crazy there for a while, but but it was it was it was revealed to be like yeah, it was revealed to be like a thing like a ruse with Mister. Oh, it was. Yeah, or something. I knew like Mister. Fear was like driving her crazy. He Mm -hmm. he was driving Daredevil crazy as well. Yeah. But um. And I also one thing that I don't like about Daredevil is when everything has to be tied back to the fact that he's a lawyer. Like every single case. He has, like, yeah. I get that, like, that's his day job and everything, and I, I like it. I like, yeah, the but fact you don't see like, you know, every single bad guy Peter Parker knocks out just so happens to work for the Daily Bugle. Yeah, not every Batman villain happens to be, you know, a corporate employee of Wayne Enterprises or, or well, something like awesome that. Would be awesome. Imagine like Joker like working in the mailroom. <laughs> He's a homicidal mailman. Or, you know, Riddler's like, he's work, he's a receptionist, you know. You have a call coming in. Who is it? I'll tell you if you answer these riddles three. <laughs> Stop doing that. It takes us a half hour to get our calls. <laughs> or Catwoman, you know, she was she was secretary of the board, and she would have to, like, steal. <laughs> she would be a pickpocket. Steal everything. <laughs> or, like, Two-Face is working in the cafeteria. Like he's got like two things. Like one side is like mashed potatoes, the other side is like burnt mashed potatoes. And you flip a coin to see which one you get. You know? <laughs> exactly. Let fate decide what you eat for lunch. <laughs> Clayface is like the the janitor. He tries to fix the pipes, but he overflows them. <laughs> or like he tries to mop up the floor, but like he keeps on like mopping the same floor because like as he goes through mopping, like pieces of himself fall off and dirty the floor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I kind of like this idea actually. Wayne uh, Enterprises. So we, that's what they call it. You know, like Bruce didn't give them a raise, so they all become supervillains. Exactly. I, th- I think I might. I think that would be like an awesome comic clicker, right? Let's do it. To DC. Um, but yeah, with Daredevil, I just an over reliance on the lawyer thing kind of sometimes gets me. But you know, for the most part, it's handled well. Yeah. Can uh, be. Okay, so we should probably get to our fifth and five. yeah. Um, would be number five for you. Now again, this yeah, it's very flip flop. Yeah, yeah, very flip floppy, and this isn't always my fifth. Just like Daredevil isn't always my fourth. Yeah, but um, I would say Iron Man would be my fourth. Well, would be my fifth rather. Do you mean the comic book character or the song? The song. Yeah. Black Sabbath song. We're not doing like a countdown of music. I know. I was just trying to be sarcastic, and it failed. <laughs> yeah, that was. I will go hang myself now. <laughs> but yeah, Iron Man is is my uh, fifth favorite character, just because I've always liked his sort of technological approach to everything. Like yeah. he is a master of technology. 
Yeah. He is inventing the next iPod before iPod even in, was existed. Like before Apple ever invented the iPod, he was probably making it yeah. in his in his garage. And I also like how he's very flawed in that you know, he's you always hear the jokes about Tony Stark always being a drunk and <laughs> you know, he's very He's very arrogant and full of himself, especially after the Robert Downey Jr. movies. Yeah. He's portrayed that way. I love love Downey's take on it. I mean, seem, I can't think of any other actor. I think Robert Downey now, Jr. is a real-life Tony Stark. I think yeah, that's why it works. Exactly. He, 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 he's lived that life. Yeah. Except, you know, of course, he wasn't taken hostage by the Taliban. Yeah, he, didn't, he, have, he didn't have like a metal suit of armor that well, he, he uses. He, he does have shrapnel in his heart, but that was after a knife fight with Ed Begley Jr., <laughs> they were it. fighting, the, you know, the battle of the juniors. <laughs> I can see it. Cuba Cuba Gooden Jr. was off to the side watching. He was reffing. Yeah, he was reffing. <laughs> yeah, I, I get I, winner. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, Iron Man is probably my fourth favorite, just because of those mentions that I, of those reasons that I mentioned. But also, I like all the like. He constantly evolves. Like his look always evolves. He always has like a different armor. He's got like twenty. He's got like twenty different versions of his armor. Yeah, I also like his relationship with like Rhodey and and Pepper and and Happy Hogan and all those guys. Um, one thing I do like is like the technology. It seems like I don't know if it's now that they're doing like ever since like you know the extremist story, mm-hmm. but it just seems like they're very they've gotten very creative with like the technology at his disposal as far as Iron Man. Like, he does more now than to shoot rays out of his palms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much more he can do. I mean, like, the Iron Man is almost like a mobile uh, battle station, you know? Yeah, yeah, It's like, it's almost like he's a living tank. Yeah. And like, he can call in airstrikes with satellites and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But, um, and also, I, I do like what you said about him being kind of flawed. And one thing that I also like about him, too, is that the more that time goes by, the more relevant he becomes because we're always advancing technology. Yeah, and like sort of with his job, you know, his company and stuff, you know, dealing with weapons and stuff, that's become a lot relevant now with like the stuff with terrorists and stuff getting their hands on like United States weapons and things. Yeah, whereas like characters like Superman and Captain America stay in one place in one time, yeah. sort of. Like Tony is always representative of the present day or the future. Yeah. He's almost like five minutes ahead. Yeah. Yeah, he's always like five minutes ahead. So I, I like that about the character. Yeah. So as far as like what I don't like about him, um, I mean, I like his villains, but he could use some better ones, like yeah. some better. Pretty much all his villains are just guys in stolen Stark armor. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, there's the Mandarin, but it's like... How many Mandarin stories any, are there? Any man who wears rings is not a good villain. No, no. And has Look like at my a, bling. And <laughs> has a Fu Manchu stash. He should have like a grill to complete the look. He should. Uh, with like different magical elements into the grill. So every um, every tooth like shoots out a laser. <laughs> you know, how do you brush your teeth? You know, I've got one. I've got one grill uh, for toothpaste. <laughs> squirts like toothpaste in his mouth and just rinses. Exactly. Um, but like Whiplash, you know, what I've read about Whiplash seems kind of lame. It's kind of well, he's sort of like sort of like a bondage. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he he'd be better with Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, according to Grant Morrison. 
well, yeah, well, that was kind of the basis of the character. But anyway, um, I kind of like the approach that they took with him in the Iron Man movie, the second movie, mm-hmm. with sort of making him a combo of oh. uh, amalgam. Yeah, of Crimson Down, Dynamo and, and yeah. Whiplash. I mean, the he was more thing... than just a guy who could whip people, yeah. you know. Yeah, but the only thing that bothered me about that was that when he got his armor and he was finally like Crimson Dynamo, he like he got taken out in like five seconds. Yeah, I know. I mean, all that build up for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, like both uh, him and Rhodey just one shot and he was down. Who will face me? We will. Bam. Dead. <laughs> We're awesome. Fly away. Credits. Yeah, that was probably my biggest issue with Iron Man 2. Yeah. Um, I still contend that's a good film. Yeah. It's pretty um, solid. I can think of like worse comic book movie films. Batman and Robin. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Catwoman. But as far as anything else that I don't like, I don't like the idea, like the constant bawling around that they do with his love life. Yeah, like how he's a man whore. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of. Man. I mean, I get that that's the point, but it's like. That, what after about a while, Batman? Well, yeah, well, with Batman, it's like, I. it also kind of bothers me, too, because in some ways, wouldn't you argue that we all know his true love is Selena Kyle? Maybe. I mean, there's been people that, you know, they've said it's other folks, you know. Yeah. Some people say Wonder Woman. Some people say Superman. I, for one, say it's Alfred. I mean, come on. That's true love. That's true. Standing in the corner, tending to his wounds every night. Come on. <laughs> Possibly, like, wanting to, like, put a pillow over his face and try to suffocate him. Shh, good night, sweet prince. Good night. <laughs> well, I still contend that his true love is Robin, but let's, that's a conversation for another time. Yes. Um, uh, sexier time. Yeah, but with Iron Man, it's like, I, I just feel like, like, maybe if he had a stable girlfriend for a while, it would be better. Because he never, like, you even Bruce Wayne, like, sometimes you could see him... Like, he saw uh, Sasha Bordiux or whatever. Yeah, Bordeaux. Yeah, Bordeaux. You butcher that name to hell. Bordeaux. Yeah, anything with an X I have trouble with. Yeah, just it's French. Like, that makes the O sound. Yeah, Bordeaux. All right. Uh, Bordeaux. You learned me again. Bordeaux. I learn you good, don't I? You do. Um, But, like, you know, some people, I've seen some people say, like, Batman, like, his philandering ways... Or an act, you know, to keep up with his Playboy persona. Well, yeah, but I don't Whereas, think... like, like Tony really doesn't kind of have that. But yeah. I will say that I do think that's kind of BS with the persona stuff. What do you mean? Like, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, you know, he... It kind of plays into the aspect of him being just a regular man. There's nobody, no matter how... I think no matter how much your willpower... How your convictions. You can't be turned on all the time. It can't be Batman 24-7. You can't wake up, justice, go to sleep, <laughs> justice, 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 snoring, you know, justice. You know. He has to unwind. I'm Batman. <laughs> That's how all those women find out he's Batman. He's, he talks in his sleep. Yeah. Joker! You know, the women, he wakes up in the morning, the women, they all have black eyes and stuff. What happened? Uh, nothing. You kind of fight in your sleep. I think you were drunk. You were mentioning something about a Joe something. Oh, that's my friend, Joe Kerr. Yeah, Joseph Kerr. We, yeah, we go back a ways. 
But, um, you know, that's kind of like, you know, like I was saying, he can't be Batman 24-7. There is, you know, I think that's bullcrap to people that say, you know, oh, Bruce Wayne is the true man. No, it's not. Bruce Wayne is a part of Batman. Same well, here's, way that Batman well, here's is how I think of it. There's a man that is neither Bruce Wayne or Batman in there. That <laughs> He's a woman. <laughs> He's a woman? Yeah. There's a woman inside of Batman. Um, like every every other Friday, he puts on lipstick. It's raining men. <laughs> Alpha walks in, slowly walks back out. Exactly. But um, but no, I think there's a real person, like a more human, the more human side of him, that is like the true side yeah. of him. And then I think both Batman and Bruce Wayne are just extensions that are fake. Yeah, they're just. I feel like they're like I don't think Batman would. I don't think like the real Bruce Wayne would ever like use interrogation to get out of a situation. Like he doesn't, he doesn't go up to like the fast food line and <laughs> interrogate the person into giving. Him, Where like, were these burgers going? To my belly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I do think that maybe like you can't like he can't he has he has to have fun sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. He has to unwind. I mean. You know, he can't be like, oh my god, I have to go into this room and have sex with these three women to keep my cover. God, my life sucks. No, I mean, I do like the idea of him not really enjoying... Like, he has to open up. Like, well, he yeah, sort of like, I can see, like... You know, like, they've showed, like, before, like, you know, he acts drunk. You know, he'll be drinking, like, club soda or something. Disguise as champagne. Mm-hmm. That I can see, because, you know, he wants to have his wits about him. But he can't... I feel like he can't be in Batman mode 24-7. Yeah. Like, that's something no one can do. Yeah. So, weren't we talking about other characters? But Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, this, that's why I was saying Iron Man isn't like that. The guy underneath the armor is the same guy outside the armor. Yeah. The time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I just I just feel like, like they go a little bit too fast with, like, he never has a stable relationship. Yeah, that's what we were originally talking about. Yeah. That's so. how it always is. Whenever we talk about women, we end up segueing into Batman some kind of way. <laughs> well, I mean, the, this podcast is called The Dort Knights. So. At least it was six hours ago when we started this episode. Yeah, so speaking of that, we should probably get on to your yeah. final. My number five, um, I kind of flip-flop with this one. I was thinking about Daredevil, but you mentioned Daredevil. You summed up a lot of what I like about Daredevil. So, so. just to keep it interesting, you're going to change yeah. which character I, I, you like. I could just say Daredevil. That's it. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, but this is not really so much uh, the person it's a group and I say it's a group because I feel like they're known collectively now you know, they're known you know they've showed up in comics apart and stuff but like they're most effective as a character when they're together and that would be the Fantastic Four alright and I, I kind of picked them for Marvel's like the same first family Marvel's first, literally, you know, yep. but um, because I think they debuted what in like sixty one. Well, yeah, they they started Marvel essentially yeah. because even Cap was like timely. Timely, comics. yeah, and that was they were the first Marvel. But um, anyway, uh, the same thing that kind of applies with Flash and Superman kind of applies with Fantastic Four, because like with them, there's no limit. You know, the sky's the limit as far as like storytelling and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have them go inside somebody's body in a non-erotic way, unfortunately. 
and uh, look around. You've always had a thing for Ben Grimm. Yeah, I've always wondered is his junk Rocky and orange as well. <laughs> US, just like U.S. He, Stanley at a mall. Yeah, uh, but I'm more interested though in Mr. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> for all, can really if it can really shape into anything, but um, or like if Human Torch pisses fire. But, we, uh, we ignore the attractive female yeah. team. We just want to know about superpowered dicks. Exactly. Um, but like, like I was saying, the sky's the limit with them. Like, you know, you can have them shrink down and go all fantastic voyage, you know, and go inside somebody's body. And like the very next story, have them go out into space and you know, investigate the edges of the galaxy, or go back in time and fight King the Conqueror. You know, there's really nothing. That you can't do. But the only thing I'll say that maybe that a place for them is regular crime fighting. But the thing is, like, the thing, they showed him, like, on a pretty regular basis. Like, you know, he'll go back to Yancey Street and he'll, you know, he'll fight crime occasionally. Yeah. While, you know, downtime, you know, while Reed's stuck in his lab doing something. And the sort and Johnny's, of, like, you know, trying to impress a girl. Yeah. And Sue's, all, Sue's being a mom. She's waiting outside, you know, Reed's lab, waiting on him, you know, being yeah. ignored while Namor dry humps her. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, like I was saying, there's kind of that that aspect, you know. And one thing, too, is, like, all of the characters, the four, the main four, just kind of how they all had, like, their own uh, niches. and Their own little personalities. Yeah, their own personalities. Like, you know, they're all, they're all interested in their own ways, you know. Yeah. Reed's the leader, of course. He's kind of stoic. And yeah, and he's also the world's distant. smartest man. Yeah, the world's smartest man. Stretch his body, you know, yeah. every which way but loose. Um, you know, like you said, Sue's the mom, very protective of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Ben, she's related to everybody. She's almost town. she's almost the heart of the team, I would say. Yeah, I would I would go between her and like Ben. Yeah, but but Ben, like even he has to be kind of kept in line. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, Johnny, it doesn't matter. I always like a good Johnny story. It seems like in the comics, like now, and it's bound to happen, you know, it's been 50 years, but Johnny's, you know, he's a little more mature, but he's still kind of a impatient idiot. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, he, that's his role. I mean, I wouldn't want him any other way. No. It's good to have some character development, you know, not to be, not to be a jackass all the time. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. And, you know, Ben, of course, is the powerhouse. Of course. Of the team and uh, Reed's best friend, but just you know, there's a lot of good stories that have been told. You know, um, John Byrne had a classic run. Um, of course, the Kirby and Kirby and Lee stories set the bar high. You know, yeah, yeah. And that was probably that was probably Stan Lee at his best as far as writing. Yeah, and I would say maybe that or the New God stuff was like some of Kirby's best artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you've got those guys, Burn. Um, I'm really enjoying Hickman's run. Uh, Wade had a very impressive run. He did a lot of good stuff. Uh, didn't, uh, Morrison do a run? I, he did, like, a special, like, like a kind of, I don't know if he did, like, for a long run. He did, like, a, like a one-shot, or like a four-issue miniseries. Yeah. One, two, three, four is what it's called. It was very good. Um, it kind of, like, he's probably my, my, like, current writers out there today. He'd be like the one that I'd want to see tackle the Fantastic Four, 
who has a tackle the Fantastic Four. There's some other like Marvel writers I like to see do it as well. Jason like, Aaron. Jason Aaron would be cool. Um, what are those two guys? Uh, they do a lot of the cosmic stuff. And Lambert and and Lanning and and uh, and what's his? I know, like the Dan yeah, like, They call him DNA because like yeah. they, you know, they co-write. Um, Dan and Andy, I think they're the first names, but um. Yeah. Those guys, Jason Aaron or Morrison, you know, I think those would be my dream. But um, yeah, I mean, I can't really think of like anything off the top of my head that I didn't like about the Fantastic Four. Yeah, well, you know what? No, I was I was about to say that maybe their villains could use some beefing up. Yeah. It's like, well, there's like there's, there's some great there's some that are kind of meh. Like, I feel like the Mole Man kind of be kind of repetitive. But, like Doom's great. If well, yeah, Doctor Doom is like. He's one of the greatest villains in the Marvel Universe. So. I do think that he's been kind of slightly underused like the past 10 years. Yeah. Because he, it seems he's, like... He's been kind of stretched out thin just to like yeah. cameos all around the Marvel Universe rather than just a legitimate threat. Well, now, and like you know, up until like recently, he was part of the team, the Future Foundation team. He was working with Reed and them. Well, yeah. Um, but now, like the last few issues ago of FF... They're setting Doom up to kind of come back in a big way, and I'm really excited for that. But uh, there's Doom, of course. Um, I like like their battles with like Galactus, of course, Epic, you know, Silver Surfer. Yeah, back when he was a, still a bad, he, yeah. when he was still like Galactus's uh, herald. His pawn. Yeah. Um, and then like all the aliens, you know, that they fight like uh, you know, the Kree. Um, I will I will say as far as Fantastic Four goes, it's probably like the best science fiction in comics. Yeah, maybe Green Lantern. Lantern. Yeah, like maybe they're neck and neck, but like there you can't find like any but better. Like Green Lantern is science fiction, but like I feel like Fantastic Four has more science in it. Yeah, you know, than Green Lantern does. Yeah, but, I would say like. Maybe Fantastic Four is like the Star Trek to Green Lantern Star, Star Wars. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but, uh, you know, like, a lot of good villains. But like, I would say, like, the movies were very blah. You yeah, know, yeah. But, but at least there were two redeeming things about the movies. Uh, Michael Chiklis and Chris Evans, I felt. Both of them nailed their characters. Well, their I characters also thought that it was... There was one other redeeming element in that they didn't forget the family element. It wasn't just like an yeah. action movie. Yeah, sure. And but like you know, I felt like other than looking attractive, Jessica Alba was meh. Ugh, um, yeah. That was and, like that was like one of the most miscast roles in comicdom. I think. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Ian Gruffled. What do you say his name? Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of very. I mean, he wasn't bad as Reed. I think he, he was just good. written badly because they yeah. they didn't really write him like Reed. And the same way with the guy who played Doom, you know, Julian McMahon. He was he was he's a good actor, you know, but he didn't have much to work with. I felt. Yeah, he could have done so much better with like a proper Doom script. Yeah. Like like when you saw him in Latveria in the second one, like I think if you just kept him at Latveria, yeah. it could have been so much better. But no, they had to bring him back. His regular face and everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, my number five would be Fantastic Four. Aka, as Stan Lee would say, Marvel's first family. <laughs> now get Excelsior. me Jack Kirby's head. I want to take a piss in it. Enough said. Yes, enough said. 
All right. Well, I think we've we've blathered um, on about superheroes long enough. Well, I was going to ask. You know, there's one thing we didn't cover. Oh, we we never mentioned villains. Villains? Yeah. Are there any like villains? You know. Well, quickly, like they could wait. Maybe they could wait for another show. If yeah, like to. a villain special. I yeah, can like see that. you counter it. Um, but like, are there any like honorable mentions? Like people outside your top ten or oh, top five superheroes? Um, yeah, like you, well, first it. of all, definitely Green Lantern. Like yeah, when we mentioned know. that, I I forgot all about him. But also, one that is often my number four pick that I honestly like kind of regret not mentioning now is uh, Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, I know you don't. I, I've, I mean, still... Wolverine's cool and all, but I just, you know, I kind of the exposure of overexposure. But it's not uh, that he's a decent character; it's just that you know he's been used way too much. But that's just my complaint. Well, you know, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> very, very good, very good reply. I don't like this for this reason, this reason, this reason. Yeah, well, you're wrong. <laughs> exactly. I would say another honorable mention would be Wonder Woman. Like, like for all that we talked about, she is definitely like probably yeah. my favorite heroine, uh, and with good reason. You know, the premier heroine, I think. Yeah, I mean, she's one of DC's big three for a reason, I guess. Yeah, um, and then I also like the Punisher. Though, yeah. to be honest, it's it's hard to do much with the Punisher. I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean. Punisher Max was great, you know, but yeah. you know that was Garth Ennis. I mean, he could and Jason Eric. Well, yeah, his run too it was a lot shorter, but um, his was more of a finite ending. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and then I think my uh, last honorable mention would be the Hulk. Yeah, I've always liked like that split personality between Bruce Banner and the Hulk. I think that's just like a like a just something that's classic about comic books. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think, like, my favorites off the top of my head, like, I didn't mention, um, I agree, oh, I didn't mention Daredevil on my list, but Daredevil's right up there. Um, I like Luke Cage. Uh, you like a black man? Yeah, and that's why I've said he's a black man who's married to a white woman and has, you know, impenetrable skin and super strength. I should be terrified of this guy. <laughs> But for but some reason, you like I him. love him. Yes, I don't know why. But um, there's Luke Cage. Uh, I didn't mention Iron Man. I like Iron Man. Uh, Thor as well. I like I forgot to mention, I, I do like Captain America. Yeah. You better. Everybody likes Captain America. If you don't, you're a terrorist. Fact. I, you know, I used to not like Captain America, but now I do. Why not? I, I don't know. I just, found him, I just found him bland for a number of years, and then I read How the... How long if you hated America? <laughs> As long as I have been a communist. Blah. Blah. Um, but let's see. There's any more I'm thinking of. Uh, as far as like Green Lanterns and originally Guy Gardner. Of course, you know. He's a jerkwad. Yeah, so. when, when I said Green Lantern, I meant Hal Jordan mostly. Yeah, but I, 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 also like, I also like Kyle. You would like Kyle. That's... What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> you would. You just... That's how you are. You're... A Kyle lover. Oh, I, I like guys named Kyle. You're, you're saying yeah. uh, him, Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> um, I can't think of anybody else named Kyle, but <laughs> those two are on your list. Yeah, yeah. What you said. Um, Whatever you said. What if I've said anything? And also, last one I mentioned, or last two would be Green Arrow 
And he kind of grew on me after he came back, but Bucky. Yeah. And, yeah, I like him as Cap. I, I, don't yeah, really, and, I don't really care for him as Winter Soldier or Bucky as much, but I like him as Cap. Yeah, I've been I've been liking the new Winter Soldier that Brubaker's doing. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, those would be mine. And you notice I didn't have any women in there for a good reason. <laughs> They're women. Well, well, I mean, you know... When you're meant to like stay in the kitchen, like you can't really protect, yeah, you can't I mean, really fight bad guys. My favorite female hero, my uncle, <laughs> and she's the cook for the Justice Society <laughs> because she Every represents day. everything that women are meant to do. <laughs> she represents all that is good about womankind. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we've I think we've offended more than enough people more right now. Enough, so. And we talked for way too long. Yeah, so we should wrap this up. Uh, that was this week's installment of the Dork Knights. Tune in next week. Same MB time, same bird channel. <laughs>